Custom Eye, Judith Lay here with some highlights from a truly glorious celebration. 100 years of the Cleveland Medal Test, the highest prize awarded annually to the best adult voice in that year's guild, our treasured Manx Music Festival. 20 medal winners were at the celebration lunch, and when you get 20 great voices in one place, there's only one thing you want them to do. Sing.
It was a truly wonderful gathering of medal winners from 1960 onwards, plus our gifted accompanists and the management and executive team who work throughout the year behind the scenes to make the festival happen. And for those like me who were wondering how the medal came into being a hundred years ago, Guild Chairman Anne Clark was on hand with a little history lesson. Cast your mind back a hundred years or so to the late 19th and early 20th century. Times were hard, the mines had failed and tourism had not quite taken off. People were leaving the island in search of a better life, sometimes far away. And where they settled, they often formed Manx societies, offering each other support and keeping their language and heritage alive. That's how we came into possession of those magnificent trophies for the choir classes, the Vancouver, Transvaal, Manchester and Liverpool Shields, all presented between 1906 and 1914, and indicative of the donor's affection for home and in recognition of the Manx love of music. Now, in those days, you couldn't move at the Guild for choirs. There were Sunday school, school, chapel, church, girls friendly, girl guides, town, boys, girls, small village, big village, ladies, male voice, small choirs, choirs of 60 plus voices, but there was no big prize for solo singing. Cleveland, Ohio, it was once said, had the highest concentration of Americans of Manx descent in the USA. In 1826, Cleveland was a town of 600 people and the population quickly grew to about 3,000 of either Manx-born or Manx descent. The original settlers mostly came from the north of the island, up round Andres and Balaf. There's an affecting account of 50 young men travelling from the north to Douglas, followed for a good way, presumably on foot, by their lamenting families and there never was seen even a funeral procession of more touching solemnity. Just imagine it. They sailed to Liverpool on the King Ory and then to America. The Cleveland Manx Society was eventually formed and in 1923, a sum of £100 was invested for the purpose of producing an annual prize of a medal designed and made in Cleveland to be given to the winner of the six special solo classes. Never was there such an inspired idea. No other competition was so keenly followed and attended, with packed houses on the Wednesday night and trains, buses and trams held back until the crowds emerged. Winning the medal was a tremendous achievement and encouraged our fine singers to work towards perfection. Winners are usually generous with their talent, singing round the island for many good causes and giving pleasure to thousands over the years. On this wonderful once-in-a-lifetime occasion, we look back with gratitude to the early people of Cleveland, who, I'm sure, will be smiling down on us with pride and delight as we enjoy this afternoon. 
Speaking after Anne, another distinguished guest, President of Tinwald, the Honourable Lawrence Skelly, gave a strong indication that there'll be some form of continued support for the Manx Music Festival from the organisation that he was there to represent, the North American Manx Association. And we look forward to hearing more about that in due course. So let's meet some of the guests. Margaret Summerscales won her medal in 1960 when she was Miss Margaret Curfee. And after I chatted with her, I found Ernie Thorne of Manx Radio's Opera Hour fame, a winner in 1976 at his first attempt, sharing his memories with the current 2022 Cleveland winner, Paul Costain. Margaret, it is so lovely to have you here with us oh, today. thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And singing together, the 20 medalists. I thought of my parents who would have been absolutely loved this today. Yes. My father would have been up there with the baritones singing his head off. And you are from such a wonderfully musical family. Yeah. You know, you've got such a, a tradition there. What do you remember about winning your Cleveland medal that you're, you're wearing it today? What, what yeah. do you remember about that, mo- that moment? I didn't think it, I'd won it. I didn't think it was the first time. I won the specials and uh, I didn't think I'd uh, do it because everybody else was, in my mind, was, was much better than me. I had to do it because my mother told me to. <laughs> and I had to do it correct. Well, you obviously did. Yeah. You did her proud. Was yeah. she thrilled with you at the end of it? She didn't say much. She said, I'm proud of all my daughters. Well, it's a wonderful achievement. And Thank the you. thing about the Cleveland is you're always up against really, really strong competition. Yes. It's never an easy competition. No, it is isn't it? easy. No. And I just think it's, it's not just for me, it's for Wally as well. And on an occasion like this, all those family are with you. Yes. They are there. They are. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking to me. Oh, it's me. been lovely to be here. I wouldn't have missed it. It was my first year in the Cleveland I was one of the last to go on backstage, being very nervous beforehand, and then when you walk out on stage in the Villa Marina, absolutely packed to the gunnels, it was just an incredible experience. And that must lift you. Absolutely. Health and safety had nothing to do with it in those days, because if all the seats were full, people would sit on the stairs, you know. But yes, it does. The, the audience, as soon as you walk on and there's a response from the audience applauding you entering on the stage, you, you, you're set, you know. Do you think there's something about it being your very first Cleveland that you think, I've got everything to gain and nothing to lose? Do you think that helps your performance? I think it probably did, actually, yes. It was... Uh, it was very interesting. I know one person that uh, didn't appreciate me winning was Christine Tier, who went on to have a fantastic operatic career. And it was her first year in it as well, and I think she was only a teenager still at that time, you know. And the camaraderie be- between everybody as well, there's no rivalry. Everybody just wants each one another just to do their best. Being part of the Cleveland Metal Final is special. Winning it is a bit of a, the cherry on top, you know, but well. just being in the final is great. Well, turning to you, Paul, now you have managed to acquire three Cleveland medals through fabulous performances, and you've said oh, now that you. this is that this is it. Did I say that? No, I did, I did, and I'm not gonna I'm not I, gonna go back on that. What I really hope is that because of the breadth of musical skill that you have, that you'll just go on in different classes. Different classes, Judith, shows. you're right, you're right. I still enjoy singing. It's a great escapism for me with my livelihood. I can go out and I can sing to the animals and still be appreciated. So yeah, whether it's the guild or whether it's at home on the farm yeah I, I i will go in the guild this year obviously not in the specials but yeah i i so enjoy the performance because i'm i just enjoy singing and it's not a big pressure for me to go on stage and, and do it the first year you're talking to ernie about when he first performed my first performance 
the wonderful Graham Kirkland was accompanying me and it was like riding a surf wave. I was nearly falling off and it could have gone either way, but I managed to stay on and it was, we were both shaken by the time we came off and it was, it was wonderful to see because we both enjoyed it so much. The more work you put in, the, the higher the reward and yeah, you've got to put the work in and I just go in to enjoy myself and to do the best that I could possibly do. Um, obviously, Mrs. Shimon, I was delighted for her because it's her, her teaching and it's reflective on her. I just love being in the community. I love singing and whether it be in a hall for a couple of people or whether it be in the villa or in the gaiety, it's, it's, it's just wonderful, the enjoyment that you can share with everybody. Three times medal winner Graham Crow was there, as was Jeff Corkish, both continuing to entertain with their music. And with four medals to his credit and still in fine voice, it was good to see Peter Kringle. Let's hear now from two other fine singers who've each got four medals. Barbara Gale, who, through her Gale Force Choir, passed on her love of music to countless young people. And Alan Wilcox, who, having won four medals in the 1960s, gave many years of dedicated service as chairman of the Guild and musical director of the Regal Singers. I think the first one never goes out of your, your head. OK, the other three were just as important at the time they were happening. But the first one, you're sort of, oh my word, I've made it. You know, because I came up as a kid, obviously, a Manx kid coming up through the Guild with all the school choirs and everything. And then my teacher saying to me, one day, Barbs, one day, you remember Gladys, Gladys Skillicon, one day this will be you. And I'm going, yes, right, well, you know, believe it when I see it. And then when it did happen, nobody was more pleased than her. And I was pleased that she spent all that time and energy with me and I got there. And then after that, I had to keep it going, you know. And I think Gladys saw something in me and she thought, I'll nurture that and I'll get her there. And you had to work flipping hard. Well, that's it. It was never, ever an easy year. Never. There was never a year when you'd say, not much competition. We were just talking about that round the table today, how we had to learn two pieces and you then had to sing those two pieces for the Cleveland and another. We had to work really hard and we had people like Havelock Nelson and Roy Hickman and Herrick Bunny and all these top adjudicators and they didn't let you away with a thing. They were test pieces, you see. They tested every single thing and they were very, very intricate or they were very slow or they needed a lot of breathing and all this. So you had to have all those things at your fingertips. A Cleveland medal night is a very worthwhile experience, if you know what I mean. The music is hard. The, the songs you had to oh, sing were difficult, weren't they? Well, that's why they're set like that. They've got to be hard. I mean, I've sung at the Blackpool Festival and I've sung in a final air and the music is nowhere near like it is here. But you wouldn't dare say that. <laughs> no, but it makes the Cleveland medal even more oh, special. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, but the thing about you, Alan, is you've given so much to the Guild in other ways, yeah. as chairman. I've always enjoyed the music festival and working 
for the festival, if you know what I mean, yeah. being and on the committee. And it's true, it is like a family, isn't it? It is, there's no doubt about that. of Karen Elliott. Her massive dedication to her music has been rewarded with no less than six medal wins over the course of the last 22 years. Soprano Jan Percival got into a spot of trouble from her mother after she won her medal in 1981. She announced to the world in an interview with Manx Radio's Charles Gard that she had no intention of competing for the medal again. Apparently, her mother had tried over a number of years to win a medal herself, but without success. So Jan felt that her medal win was really for her mother, but there definitely wasn't going to be a second one. And whilst Kath Cool's medal win was some 60 years ago, she still remembers it as the high point of her life in music. I remember a full house in the Villa Marina. One person I remember was my mother sitting there with her head bowed. She could never look at me when I was on the stage. And what a wonderful atmosphere it was. When I sang The Slonger Some of the Madonna, it was just, it was just magical. And I think that helped as well. But it was wonderful to be able to do it and to be there. It's 1962. Would you say that that was the high point of all your singing? Oh, definitely, definitely. Mrs Corris, my singing teacher, said at the time, I'm glad you've got the medal now, Kath, because she said, in future with being a teacher, you may not be able to have the voice the same. And it was perfectly true. Music has always been my leisure pastime. And when I stopped teaching and retired early age... I was able to take it up again and maybe help some others. Ever a swallow wets his wing In lavender pond from spring to spring Never a lily pure and chill Holds a cup for the juice to fill Never a willow gnarled and hoar Earns its bows to a reedy shore Although he didn't know it at the time, Matthew Quinn was set to make a little bit of Guild history when he won his Cleveland medal in 2019. As the pandemic halted the competition for the next two years, he became the current medal holder for some three years. Another passionate supporter of the Guild, both as a competitor and now as a teacher, is Dr Mandy Griffin, another four times medal winner. King David was a sorrowful man No cause for his sorrow had he He called for the music of a hundred hopes to you. 
the voice of Dr. Monty Griffin. And when Terry Qualtro won his second medal in 2008, I well remember him saying, with great satisfaction, that he now had a medal for each of his girls, his wife Jill and his daughter Sarah, who was still a child then, but is now a fine singer and a regular Guild competitor herself. Angela Stewart won her medal in 1996, but continues to be deeply involved in the Guild, in the vocal ensemble classes and as musical director of one of the island's premier choirs, Manx Voices. Christine Brigazzi won two medals in the 1990s, but the first one came after many years of qualifying and on a night when she didn't actually think that she'd sung very well at all. I'd been in the final, I don't know, six, maybe seven times and had never won it, so it meant a great deal to me. It was huge. Oh, I, I really can't put words to it. Even now, it just makes me feel quite tingly, really. It's, it was amazing, and it was the centenary year as well. I just remember singing very late at night, about 11 o'clock at night, I think I was on. I was the last, the number six to go on. And um, when I listened to the recording afterwards, I had sung well, but at the time, I was probably, probably your own worst enemy, really. And there were some really good singers who who had all sang brilliantly as well, so it could have gone anyway. It's why I think the medal is so precious, because it's never an easy competition. Absolutely. It's a special art form. I think if you can sing some of these beautiful songs, it's so important to keep it going. There is something very special about the Cleveland Medal. And your second win? Uh, Having tried so hard to win the first one, I wasn't in any great rush to go in it again at all, and then... I just decided in 95, so not so long afterwards, that I would compete again in the Cleveland. I had competed in other classes in between, but I thought I would try it again and amazingly won it again then. So that that was brilliant. I find it very nerve-wracking to do the Cleveland, so... It was a big thing for me to do, but yeah, it was lovely. Have you had a good time today, Christine? Oh, it's been brilliant, yes. It's lovely to catch up with so many people today. It's been lovely. Uh, And singing together has been really special as well. I felt quite emotional. Many medal winners have paid tribute to the teaching skills of Mrs Eleanor Shimon. Paul Costain said earlier how much he owes to her guidance. Listen now as I chat with just three of her many pupils. Medal winners Linda Corkish, Ruth Tickle and Elizabeth Townsend. Just the excitement, I think, and it was just such a fabulous achievement and all those that had gone before, really, and people like my teacher, Eleanor, that you looked up to and who had had it previously. The competition has never got easy, always been difficult, so a win is very, very significant, isn't it? Oh, definitely, because there's always strong competition and everybody wants to win it. How much difference does a nice frock and a good song make? Yeah, you need the right songs. You've always got to look your best, I think. Perhaps not quite as formal these days in keeping with everything else, but at one time, yeah, yeah, it was really full evening dress and the ladies in their long dresses, the men in their dinner suits. Is music still tremendously important to you, Linda? Oh, definitely, definitely. It, it's not just the music, it's the company and the good friends you make. When you give the concerts, people's enjoyment. 
I've won it twice now and uh, they're always very special. I think especially the first one was very, very special. It was always uh, when I was a pupil of Eleanor Simmons as a little girl and it was always my dream to win the Cleveland medal like she did. So uh, very special memories. There's an, an interval between your two wins. So you would come to the competition maybe with a lot more singing experience for the second time. Yes. And did it make it, was it different the way you approached the, the test at that time? I think so, yes. I think when I found it was the first time when I was quite young, I wasn't so nervous. You know, when you're young, you don't really worry about these things. Came to it uh, ten odd years later and was quite nervous then. But I think came with a, a much more musical maturity by probably by then that I didn't have the first time. So. <laughs> and now you're, you're very much in a position that Mrs. Shimon was to you. You're inspiring other young people. Yes. And as a singer yourself, it must be lovely to see, you know, a little spark in, in youngsters and see, oh, now that's, there's a promising voice or somebody with a little bit of an extra quality. Do you, do you see that now? Yes, definitely. And I, I, I hope that some of my pupils for many years to come will maybe be in the Cleveland Medal themselves, which would be a lovely to sit as a teacher and watch that, uh, the next generations coming through. Definitely. I think I'd be more nervous as the teacher than I would as the actual standing there myself. I remember being very shocked. My friend Steph and my parents came that night and I honestly had no anticipation of winning. I was just happy to be there. I was up against some great people, who all of, all of whom I think are, are Cleveland medalists now. Um, they're all here today and I'm very much a Manx girl, born and raised in Douglas and I'm just so, so happy to be part of today. Funnily enough, the first guild I ever did was when I was 10 years old um, and I was part of a group speaking thing with my Murray's Road primary school classmates. And I remember playing a witch and that was about the age when I thought, oh, I quite like this performing thing. And I liked standing up in front of everyone at the, at the Villa Marina. Uh, I wasn't particularly nervous, I think, by the time I uh, did Cleveland Night, but it was around the time that I was doing an awful lot of music. I was part of the Alderman Symphony Orchestra, but that was the first night where I thought, yeah, I can, I can do this as a soloist, and I was, I was very proud to have won. I thought I was so young, I was only 22, I thought, there's no way I'm going to win this, so I might as well enjoy it. But obviously, the choice of songs and just, I, I guess, that slight naivety of what a big deal it was, actually. I sang King David by, I think, Herbert Howells, and gentle morpheus son of night which i'm going to be very embarrassing and say i think it was handled but it may have been bark <laughs> it's 10 years ago now so i can't really remember but no it was it was a, a great night and it was a culmination of all the incredible singing and piano teaching that uh, mrs eleanor shimon had provided me over the last it must have been about 12 13 years at that point i wanted to do her proud and i hope i did i wanted to do my parents proud for all the support they'd given me in my music and schooling over the years the voice of Elizabeth Townsend, and this would seem to be the right moment to hear from that much-loved and highly-respected teacher, Mrs. Eleanor Shimon. 
Mrs. Shimon won three medals in the 1960s, but it was the second one, won in 1967, which for her is the most memorable. In those days, the Cleveland medal winner was expected to be interviewed and sing live on border television. But in the 1960s, the only way to do this was to travel off-island. Well, I do remember 1967, when my daughter was born, about four weeks after the medal. I went in for the medal, and uh, four weeks after that, she was born. In those days, the medal winner used to go to up to the Pennines, yes. you know, and uh, so they thought that I was really too pregnant. Anyway, they, they managed to get me there. <laughs> so, uh, and we sung. I think it was just a, a live performance of one song. Then they took me back in a taxi and back in the plane to Douglas. It was quite a journey for me. It, was a, it would be when you were just weeks. about to have a baby. Yes, yes. 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 So that was, that was what I can remember, really. <laughs> well, yeah, that would make it very, very memorable. Mm, but then in the years that have followed, you have raised up so many mm, fine, so fine singers. I remember one year when, unfortunately, you couldn't be at the final because you were going to sing at a wedding of Ireland. That's right. And, and I, think, I think all the finalists were your pupils. They were, they were, yes. Yeah. And I was so disappointed not to be there, but then I had to be at the wedding. Uh, Another pupil. Yes. I've met some wonderful friendships along the way. I've got a wonderful family. All these singers are my family, yes. you know? Yes. It is wonderful just to reflect on how many people you have instilled in them this love of music. Oh, it makes me feel very proud, really, that um, I was able to help them. I haven't been able to do it for the last few months, but um, I'm feeling a lot better now. Good, that's good. excellent. Yeah. So you'll be back on top form in time well, for the Guild. Well, we hope so. <laughs> Another guest was the Governor, His Excellency Lieutenant General Sir John Lorimer, who was at the lunch in his capacity as patron of the Guild. But as he stood to propose a toast, it was clear how much he'd enjoyed all that he had seen and heard. How lovely to, to see everyone this afternoon. And what a wonderful gathering. And I promise you, upstairs there were people who were, were, were tingling when you sang Ellen Vannon together. Brilliant, the way you did that. It was absolutely fantastic. And 131 years of the Guild. What an amazing organisation. And, and Philip and I are absolutely thrilled to be joint patrons. And 100 years of the Cleveland Medal. And what I kind of pull out of this, what a wonderful family. And I mean that in a collectively. You all have this shared passion for music. And it, I think, perhaps is a reflection of the wonderful talent that is on this island. The wonderful support that you provide to each other if you have an interest in music and singing. And I think that is just fantastic. So a great family and something that we all, I know, must continue. So I would like to just, if you could just join with me by raising your glass, both to the Guild, but also to the Cleveland Mel and all its winners. So let's just do it as the Guild. Ladies and gentlemen, the Guild. Thank you very much indeed.
and I think it's fitting that the last word should come from the organiser of the celebration lunch to mark the 100th anniversary of the Cleveland Medal Test. Guild Executive Member with Special Responsibility for Press and Publicity, Zoe Camel. It's been an absolutely wonderful occasion to have everybody together, medal winners, the accompanists and the company members and, and various guests come together. We've had a wonderful afternoon of celebration and it's been a joy and a privilege to put it all together. To see people coming in, the immediately the atmosphere, it was noisy, it was bubbly, it was friendly, it was people embracing each other, chatting to each other. And that moment when we had the 20... Cleveland medal holders who are here today and they sang Ellen Vannin yeah. and even those who were singing said it was a very emotional moment for yes, them. I there was something that you almost can't put into words. No you can't because I, I doubt there's ever been an occasion where we've had so many medal winners together in one place and then to have them singing the, the top singers of this island going back to 1960. Well Zoe, now here we are it's January, closing date for entries. 4th of February, yes. <laughs> are you all fired up and looking forward to this year? Guild. More than ever. We've obviously had difficulties with COVID pandemic and it was two years when we didn't have the Guild and 2022 was a make or break year in my, in my view and I think we made it and I hope that now we can build on that and return to what we were, a great, wonderful 131 year old festival that's got so much rich history and so many people have been involved over the years. Let's just go for it. Keeping the traditions and looking towards the future as well. Zoe Cannell ending on a positive note. This is Judith saying thank you for listening and I'll see you at the Guild. 